I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone and welcome along to the first La Liga Lowdown podcast of the 2019-20 season. I'm Ewan McTeer, I'm your host for this one. And do we have a lot to talk about? Well, it wasn't exactly a quiet summer, was it? The Real Madrid captain was about to leave the club but eventually decided to stay. Last year's La Liga runners-up lost their best attacking talent to the league champions and they're still arguing about it with the lawyers. Valencia's finger almost slipped onto the self-destruct button. There was a 10-goal Madrid derby in New Jersey and Sevilla's Joris Gnagnon became public enemy number one in the city of Liverpool. To discuss all of that and more, I'm delighted to have Paco Pollitt and Roman de Arker on the podcast. Paco, how are you? You've been all over the place this summer, racking up even more air miles than the Valencia directors flying to Singapore. Yeah, well, it was a hectic summer indeed. As always in Valencia, by the way, but uh, yeah, we we had a few days off. Uh, although news here in in Valencia don't leave you to to rest uh, as much as you would like to. And Roman, how's it all going in Barcelona? Are you feeling dizzy yet with that awful new Barcelona kit? Well, I am quite dizzy because it is uh, a terrible kit, <laughs> it has to be said. But apart from that, uh, so far summer's been good, and quite excited about the new season, to be honest. Nice one. So let's get into it. Roman, I've got a question for you first of all. Okay, So Barcelona have won two titles in a row, but how motivated are they going to be to win a third one? They've won eight in 11 years, but they really, really want to win the Champions League, don't they? Will they focus on Europe this season, do you think? Well, the funny thing is it's going to be a very similar start to last season, where Barca won La Liga, uh, Barca were humiliated in the Champions League, and then uh, the season starts off with a very imposing speech by Messi. So I'm sure the Champions League is going to be a main objective once again because the fans are desperate, the, the team is desperate to win it. But I don't think they're going to give up La Liga because of that. I think their objective is going to be the treble. As Piquet said recently, they fight for the three titles always. Yeah, and, and Paco, so Barcelona have signed De Jong, Griezmann, uh, Junior, Firpo. How, how much better is the squad this season compared to last season? Is it improved? Well, I, for starters, I dig quite a lot Frankie de Jong. And even though I didn't like the way Griezmann played with the hopes and dreams of both Barca and Atletico fans for the last few years, um, it doesn't take away from the fact that he's a super striker, a super player, one of the best in the world. So I think at least offensively, we're talking about an improved squad. But again, we will have to wait till we see Leo Messi in action to properly assess their level of improvement. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you there. I think I almost feel Griezmann is, is a little bit underrated just because he's such a diva and he's so annoying. But if you focus just what he is on the pitch, he's he's absolutely excellent. So, Paco, I've got another one for you. So the last competitive match that Barcelona played was that Copa del Rey final against Valencia. You were there. You're probably still hungover. How much of a blow or a setback was that match for Barcelona? How how distraught did the Barcelona players and fans look to you afterwards? Um, the way I see it, it's just been a, a very rough summer for Barca fans with that lingering sense of failure. Even though if you look at hard facts, they only missed the mark by this much. And I actually think that their downfall against Liverpool prevented them from a triplete because that knockout just carried on days later against Valencia. They just couldn't turn it around in Sevilla. Their mind space, I think, was not the best. Uh, they weren't up to par and they paid the price against the Dani Parejo and company. So, yeah, I think that they have a lot, a lot to prove this upcoming season. Yeah, and Ernesto Valverde probably has a lot to prove after that defeat to Valencia, the Liverpool loss as well. Uh, Roman, what's the mood in Barcelona with regards to Valverde? Well, to be honest, the mood isn't great. I mean, fans are unhappy after how things went last season. Even though they won uh, La Liga, uh, people just don't think it's enough. So after two years, apart from not winning any Champions League and being humiliated in, in two games against Roma and then Liverpool, uh, the way the team plays, uh, there hasn't really been much of an evolution either. So I think that's something that Valverde really has to work on. And so far in this preseason, we're not seeing any evolution either. Although, of course, it is a preseason, we can't really come to conclusions. But I think if there's any like a big defeat or anything bad happens to the team, Valverde is surely going to be the first one everybody blames. Yeah, and there's something about Valverde that interests me. So what is the difference between the mood on social media about Valverde and the actual Barcelona fans that live in the city of Barcelona? Is there a difference between the, the sort of anger that you see on Twitter compared to those who go to the Camp Nou every single week? Well, let's be honest. In social media, I think everything is multiplied times 10. So if uh, fans are unhappy here in Barcelona, in Twitter, they're just going to start uh, insulting and complaining. I mean, if you check the hashtags the Barcelona accounts are using, it's like hashtag Bartomeu out, Valverde out, Rakitic out, Busquets out, Luis Suarez out. I mean, they'd be changing the, the, the team completely if it depended on social media. So I think we don't have to um, take what they say too into account because if not, it would be just so dramatic but there is like a general sense of unhappiness in social media and between Barcelona fans here in Barcelona yeah breaking news for everybody there people on social media can get quite angry uh, Paco I've got another one for you so uh, we were talking a little bit about the squad there with Barcelona um, but tactically do you think we'll see anything different about Barcelona this season will Valverde do something that will shock us all in a tactical sense um, I think that the new players uh, will shape the new tactics used by Valverde this season. Maybe Junior Firpo allow some experimentation in the wing, even though I don't really believe that you can get more offensive than with Jordi Alba playing there. Um, making Griezmann fit inside the team will provide the coach with a big challenge. Maybe the ultimate challenge this season, as Dembele has shown this preseason that he's very informed. Um, Luis Suarez will never be happy being on the bench and Leo Messi is just, you know, the GOAT. So I'm very intrigued with the answers that Valverde comes up with this year. Yeah, and, and just on that on that subject again, I mean, how do you how do you fit in all these amazing attacking players they have? They have Suarez, they have Dembele, they have Messi, they have Griezmann. They're still talking about maybe getting Neymar. How, how do they put them all in? You can't have all four at the same time, can you? 
Well, obviously not, because changing the the attacking pattern is something that I don't really think fits uh, Valverde well. He has been very, very adamant on playing always in the same way. Uh, when he has tried radically different things, things haven't gone down as well as he thought. And I think that he's going to play it safe. Um, he's going to try to be very mental on the players, uh, try to uh, use some tricks, psychology tricks, you could say, to have everyone more or less happy. Messi's obviously going to play everything. And I think that maybe the one who's going to get the short end of the stick might be uh, Luis Suarez because of the injury last season. But obviously because of his age, he's the oldest of the lot. And he might have to start playing a bit less so that players such as Dembele or the, the newcomer Antoine Griezmann have the chance to shine. Yeah, I think you're right. Suarez is the one that might miss out there. And uh, to miss out, probably losing some of his minutes to Griezmann, that one's got a heart uh, for Suarez there. Their Uruguayan history there is, is well documented, but they seem to be getting along just fine. They've had a few videos sharing Matty. We'll see if they if they get on on the pitch and off it this season. So, Paco, I want to come to you again with the, the Neto Silicon switch. Um, so, Valencia's starting goalkeeper swapped with Barcelona's backup goalkeeper. Uh, what exactly happened there? How did that come about and which team got the better deal? Well, first up, I totally understand the fans who think that this was a very bizarre transfer because it actually didn't make that much sense until you think about financial engineering, which was the real reason behind this. A player swap that ultimately benefited all parties involved. Um, Neto Murara wasn't totally happy under Marcelino. He wanted to be the single keeper in every competition, whereas the coach switched between him and Jaume Domenech. And meanwhile, Jasper Silesen was fed up of never playing as long as Ter Stegen was fit. So both clubs agreed on a huge sum of money. I, I think about uh, around 30 million euros was the sum. And then they sold each other their keepers in order to get their balance sheets in check. Though no actual money has been spent in this deal. Um, if I think the outcome has been uh, kinder towards Valencia and they might have been the ones to get the better deal, as I think Silesen is more complete a goalkeeper than uh, Neto Murata at the end of the day. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how that one pans out. And, you know, it'll it be interesting to see if any of the goalkeepers regret that. Like you said, Silesen hardly ever played at Barcelona because Ter Stegen is so good and he's so uh, always available, hardly ever gets injured. We'll see if Neto gets any minutes at all this season, really. Maybe a few in the cup. Uh, Roman, so how confident are you going into the season uh, about Barcelona's chances? What would make 2019-20 a successful season in your mind for Football Club Barcelona? Well, I mean, so far it looks good, has to be said. I mean, Barca are bringing in really strong signings. De Jong looks like a perfect fit. Griezmann already in preseason, we're seeing that he's adapting pretty well to the uh, way the team plays. Junior Firpo is another great player. Neto, I mean, with these players plus the ones we have, you'd expect a lot from this season. Uh, in my mind, a successful one would be un doblete. Liga and Copa del Rey uh, would be enough. But in the minds of many fans, I think it's Champions League or nothing. So if we win only the Champions League, I'll be like fine with it, of course. But uh, the fans, only Copa and Liga, I don't think they would be as happy because there's so much desperation to win the Champions League, the Champions League right now. Um, so I think uh, the Champions League is going to be something we're going to talk about a lot. 
Yeah, you're you're far too reasonable there, Roman. It's, it's Champions League or bust. You have to yeah, <laughs> you have to join the mob. Join the mob. Pick up your pitchfork and get ready for the new season. Well, that's um, we've gone over all of Barcelona, all of their summer business, what their situation is going into the new season, what Valverde has to do to keep the fans happy. Next, we're going to talk about the two other teams that will be in the title race, the two Madrid teams. We'll talk about them after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to this podcast, this podcast previewing the title race. We've looked at Barcelona, the current champions, and now we have to talk about the contenders. So, Paco, let's talk about Atletico and Real Madrid. They both had very busy summers. Which Madrid side can challenge Barcelona in the title race? Atleti, Real Madrid, both? Well, everybody knows that I'm not that big a Real Madrid fan. And I guess that many actual Real Madrid fans are not going to be happy with my views. But I think that they are en route to another disappointing, utterly disappointing season. Very, very similar to last year. No new signings who can make a difference. No superstar striker in sight at this point, this summer. Only Eden Hazard, which I do like a lot, but he's not in form right now. I, I mean, you guys have seen the pictures. You guys have seen uh, Hazard playing in, in the in the friendlies this summer. Um, he's not fit. I think everyone's everyone's seen Hazard. That's yeah. that's the point. Everyone has <laughs> seen Hazard, and he needs to start eating some lettuce. Um, and some vegetables. I, I don't know. I perceive Atletico right now as a much more challenging team than, than Real Madrid if we are talking about the title race. Yeah, I think Real Madrid have had such a, a difficult preseason that everything kind of points to 
it being almost impossible for them to claw back that gap to Barcelona, which was 19 points, remember, 19 points last season. But remember, sometimes when Real Madrid do win the league, it's, it's when you least expect it. Roman, let's talk a little bit about the Griezmann transfer. So Griezmann is now in Barcelona with all the complications that, that went on with that. Atletico also lost Godin, Lucas Hernandez, Juan Fran, Rodri, Felipe Luis. What's your evaluation of Atletico Madrid's attempts to replace all of these players? Well, usually Atleti don't have the economical power and influence that, for example, Barca or Madrid have. So if an important player leaves, it's harder for them to find somebody who can replace that player. But with Griezmann, they made the extra effort. They went for a a young talent and they repeated a formula I think we saw years back when Griezmann came to the club, like a a young, talented player who can fill in the shoes of of one of the important ones and, and be be one will always remember. And at the moment, I think they, they made a good decision because Joao Felix is a very talented player. He's so good. We've seen him um, last season with Benfica. Although it was a short stint, he suddenly came out of nowhere. He was fantastic. He's proved now in preseason that he can also play for Atletico. So I think uh, Joao Felix should be capable in the future of um, taking over Griezmann. Yeah, he's definitely one for the future, but he's going to have to step up just now already wearing that number seven on his back. What kind of system do you think Diego Simeone will come up with to to fit him in? We talked about Valverde maybe changing his tactics. What do you think, Roman? Will Simeone change his style or are we going to have uh, the same 4-4-2? Well, I think after seven years as a coach and and making Atleti such a consistent team, it's probably a good time to start making a few tweaks, taking into account pillars of the club have already left, such as Godin, Griezmann, Juan, Fran, Felipe Luis, etc., uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, Coque said in El País, which is a Spanish newspaper for those who don't know, that Simeone, Simeone wanted to be more offensive and have the ball, have the ball more sorry, this season. So they have been trying a bit the 4-3-3. Um, if they want to step up their game, I think it's a good moment because their, four, four, um, their, sorry, their usual form- formation has always been very defensive. It's worked really well. It has to be said it's taken them to the top where they are right now. But if they want to get to the level of Barca and Madrid at a more consistent rate, I think maybe it might be time to be more offensive, as Koke mentioned. Yeah, we'll see if they, if they do manage to do that. Paco, let's focus a little bit on Real Madrid there. You've mentioned you're a bit concerned about them. They've got Hazard, he's a Galactical, but the rest of the signings, Mendy, Jovic, Militao, Rodrigo, they probably won't be starters, right? Yeah, I totally agree with that assessment, and uh, that's my view, and I actually believe many Madridistas think alike, because they know that they need proper signings and starters to become a strong side again. Uh, They've been talking about uh, Pogba in the last few days. Um, Obviously, there are some players which are always uh, on the radar, such as uh, Neymar, for example, but if you make a shortlist, Rodrigo, Jovic, Militao, all of them are players who lack experience in top competitions. They are very, very young. They are also very talented, but something more is needed in Real Madrid in order to increase the overall level of the squad. Yeah, a bit a bit better depth there, young players for the future. But yeah, in terms of the, the starting eleven that struggled so much last season, yeah, Hazard's really the only the only difference there. But we'll see what Zidane can do with it all. Uh, what, what do you expect from Zidane, Paco? He's, he's coached 17 matches now since he returned, that's including pre-season, and he's won just seven of them. Is there pressure on him already, given how difficult things have been since he came back towards the end of last season? Well, this is a disclaimer alert. This is not a hot take, okay? <laughs> it's an unpopular opinion after winning three Champions Leagues in a row, but I have always viewed Zinedine Zidane as quite an overrated manager. He's an excellent professional, he's an exceptional psychologist with his players, 
but he's not that great of a tactician. He's uh, he was actually hands down the smartest guy in the room when he left last summer because he knew that his team was this close to collapsing, and he was right. But his return didn't make sense to me because he had nothing nothing to gain, and he had quite a reputation to lose, and and that's the case nowadays. And yes, if he doesn't fix quickly the problems of his team, which everybody can see, which everybody can uh, perceive at this point. Pressure on him will eventually become unbearable because he's in Real Madrid. He knows perfectly the, the club he's in and he knows that he has to deliver because people forget very quickly in Real Madrid and in top teams in Spain and he's only as good as the next result. Yeah, that's it's not maybe not a hot take, but it's at least a tepid take there, Paco. But I think it's one that, yeah, I think a few people in Madrid do feel that about Zidane and yeah as much as he's done so much for the club in the past you're dead right people won't remember the history they'll remember what's going on currently so yeah Zidane has to get it right this season so Roman the two Madrid teams they already met in pre-season Atleti won that game 7-3 what lessons can we take from that or should we just completely ignore that result because it was a pre-season game well, um, it has to be said that preseason is, is very tricky. I think lots of players play with less mm-hmm. pressure because we often see guys who are performing really well in preseason and then during the league, during the Copa, etc., they kind of disappear. So I wouldn't take too many conclusions from that, apart from the fact that it's a big, massive morale boost for Atletico and the players. I mean, next time Atleti face uh, Real Madrid, I'm sure they're going to look at the, at the players in front of them, they're going to smile at them, they're going to remind them about this defeat. So psychologically, um, Atletico has taken uh, maybe a slight advantage, but it's just a preseason game and I wouldn't go further than that, to be honest. Yeah, maybe a bit like a sort of weigh-in in a boxing match. It's, you know, it's all kind of talk at this stage, but maybe it has maybe it has an influence when it all when it all starts. You mentioned there, Roman, about some of the players who really impress in pre-season and they don't really uh, bring it on to the proper season. That kind of brings me to Diego Costa. So he's looked so good in pre-season. All the videos you see from Atletico Madrid training, he seems happy, smiling, in form. He's scored in the, the derby in New Jersey. And that kind of reminds me of last season with the UEFA Super Cup when he scored in, in the first minute when Atletico Madrid beat Real Madrid in that match in Estonia. So Paco, what do you make of Diego, Diego Costa? He had a pretty bad season last year after impressing in the summer. What about this year? Is Costa really back? Uh, I have to say I enjoyed quite a lot the way he absolutely thrashed and dismantled Real Madrid in the friendly played a few weeks ago. Uh, Not only because of his four goals in only four or five chances, which is actually quite amazing, but because of the spirit he showed. Running, pressing, challenging the ball and recovering the ball. Um, And the perfect example is the way he was sent off, the way he pestered the defense the whole game even after crossing the red line and starting a brawl once, twice, three times with three or four Real Madrid players so that, that's so Diego Costa and um, you know there, there's a saying, you know, he's lean he's mean and, and I believe he can become again a scoring machine for, for Atleti this year. Yeah you're dead right it's maybe just the disciplinary that uh, the issues there that could hold him back, I mean getting sent off in a pre-season friendly was a typical Diego Costa as you say and we actually won't be able to see Costa until um, well into the season because he's suspended for that first game against Atafi for that sending off back at the Camp Nou absolutely ages ago so he won't be taking on Hitafi, which is a shame because of all the teams that I want to see Costa take on Hitafi's probably probably up there so guys it's time to finish up with a few predictions for the season 
I'd like you both to sort of tell me who you think will be the player of the season at Barcelona, at Atletico and at Real Madrid and then who you think the young player of the season, someone under the age of 23 will be for each of these clubs. Uh, Roman, let's go to you first. Okay, well, for Barcelona, uh, obviously the best player I think is going to be Messi once again as he's been for the last, uh, I don't know how many years. He's the best in the world, so of course, I don't think that's going to change. Yeah, that's that's certainly not a hot take, not even tepid there, but <laughs> I'll give it to you. Yeah. And then the, the youngster from Barcelona, I'm going to say De Jong. I mean, he's the big signing for this season, and I think he fits the club perfectly. Technically and tactically, he, he, he has everything that Barca needs, so that's going to be my pick there. Then with Atletico, I'm doubting between Oblak and Jimenez, because I think Jimenez has to step up as the pillar in defence, in a defence which is changing a lot actually this year. And Oblak, he's one of the best in his position, and year after year, he's so important for Atletico. Where there's the under-20, uh, the youngster, sorry, it's going to be Joao Felix. Uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to prove uh, he's worth that much money. But I think he's going to live up to the expectations. And finally, Madrid. Um, I'd say Hazard, although he isn't too fit as we've, as we've seen lately. Or it could also be Benzema, because we know that with Zidane, this guy just steps up and scores tons of goals. So I'm, I'm doubting between these two. Whereas the youngster, I think it could be Vinicius. Uh, he had a pretty good season last year. I think it's his moment to kind of consolidate himself and, and prove he can be one, a world-class player in a few years. Yeah, I don't think too many people would disagree with any of those ones. But Paco, do you want to give it a go? Are there any of those selections there that you have different? Yeah, I have a few of them are exactly the same. But there are also a few of them which, in in my view, um, have some, some chance of, of shining. Uh, if we start about Barca... I think Messi is going to be hands down the the man of the of the season. Um, he's a man on a mission, as he stated a few days ago, and he wants to aim yet again for the Champions League. And if he sets his mind on on that goal, it's going to be very tough to to stop him. Uh, and we saw it last year. Uh, only one tremendously horrific game against Liverpool uh, avoided Barca from uh, reaching the final. Um, under twenty three. I'm going to switch uh, a bit uh, after what Roman said. I have quite a lot of faith on, on Ricky Puch. I, I like that guy a lot. Uh, he's very smart. He knows how to play the ball. He's like uh, typical Barca DNA uh, all around him. And I think he's going to have more minutes and more chances that many people believe at this point uh, in the preseason. Um, Atletico, Diogo Costa is going to be the man of the year for, for them. He's going to be the leader that everybody has always asked him to be. And uh, if we talk about under-23s, obviously Joao Felix. He has shown that he's class, his quality at every level, and he's going to deliver in spades this year, even though the price tag on him was so hefty. And uh, as I think that Real Madrid is going to have a very tough year ahead, uh, the leader of the team is going to be hands down Sergio Ramos because even though I think Real Madrid are going to lose quite a few games this year I think that he's going to be one of the few players who always plays more or less in the same level and uh, I have to agree with Roman I expect quite a lot from Vinicius this year uh, I think that he might be able to increase uh, the level of, of his talents in his sophomore season in, in, in La Liga. And I think that he's going to be one of the highlights in a, on the other hand, quite disappointing season for Real Madrid. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, like I said, you've got to agree with almost all of what Roman said and, and what you've said just there, Paco. If there's anything I would maybe say different, I'd say a young player for Atletico, keep an eye on, on Renan Lodi as well. I think he's going to play a lot of minutes because he's basically 
their only left back and I think he's going to turn some heads and then at Real Madrid another young player I'd point out uh, Brahim Diaz if he sticks around what we saw from him towards the end of last season another player to watch and if he can finish his chances a little bit better than Vinicius then maybe he'll get some of those minutes on the right side with Asensio being out injured with his ACL injury so the big question then who's going to win the league? Well I think it's going to be Barcelona again three in a row is really tough I know but with the squad they're building this season, I mean, La Liga looks good. And also, as Paco said before, Madrid aren't looking too good. And we have to see if Atletico are going to be able to keep up the level with so many changes. In my case, I think Valencia or Sevilla are out of this question. Too difficult, hands down. I see Real Madrid failing for the second year in a row. So, again, it will be a battle with only two contenders. And I actually hope that Atletico are able to give favorites Barca are run for their money for once. Uh, Barca are the ones in my view who seem the better equipped to win it yet again this season. Yeah, logic says that, but as I mentioned earlier, whenever you, you doubt Real Madrid, that's when they tend to surprise you. So I'm going to go out there and be bold and say Real Madrid are going to uh, come out of this terrible pre-season and go and win the league because there's absolutely no reason why they should and that's usually reason enough for them to do it. Uh, Paco, you mentioned there you don't think Valencia are going to be in that title race. We'll get on to them in our next podcast. We're going to be talking about Valencia, the top four race, the Europa League race and relegation. Also much coming up in our next podcast, which will be out for you guys on Thursday. That's August 15th. Thursday, we'll be dropping you another preview podcast looking at everything apart from the title race, which we've covered just now. Paco Roman, thank you so much for your time. And we'll speak to you guys next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 